Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. And I thank you so much for listening today. Uh, if you enjoyed the, the podcast, of course, go to reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, you can sign up there and also snag a free 31-page uh, PDF study guide on the top 200 drugs. So uh, go snag that for free, and we'll also get you uh, email updates when we've got uh, new releases of the, the podcast and other content as well. So uh, definitely a no-brainer to go uh, grab that resource uh, for free there. Uh, so today I'm going to cover sertraline. Uh, brand name of this medication is Zoloft. And I've done a f- couple of SSRIs, I believe, so far. And uh, with that, there's subtleties uh, between the SSRIs. And I wanted to make sure that those are all uh, pointed out uh, because they, they are important and there is different reasons for selecting uh, different SSRIs or and or different things to look out for as we use these these medications. So uh, mechanistically, uh, it's not going to be different from any of the SSRIs if you've listened to, to previous podcasts on uh, drugs like citalopram. So those presynaptic cells or neuron, neuronal cells uh, release that serotonin and they will also uh, reuptake, basically take back in that serotonin out of the synapse and essentially stop that serotonergic activity. SSRIs uh, block or reduce uh, the amount of that reuptake that happens, so more serotonin uh, stays in the synapse and gives you uh, physiological uh, responses and hopefully helps manage, uh, treat, indications like depression, uh, anxiety disorders, PTSD, OCD, uh, in uh, the way the the medication works there. All right, so one thing I really wanted to point out was dosing. Um, It's just common sense. Uh, The higher the dose we start with, the more aggressive we get, the more likely we're going to run into uh, adverse effects. So Usual dosing, starting dosing range is 25 to 50 milligrams. In clinical practice, most often I've seen uh, the 25 milligram starting dose utilized. In geriatrics specifically, uh, I have actually seen 12 and a half uh, milligrams started as well. So um, what you're going to look at is, you know, severity of depression. You know, how aggressively do we want to get after this? Um, potential, you know, tolerability issues in the past, maybe with other SSRIs that have been tried or other antidepressant medications, um, possibly uh, genetic variants uh, may be looked at as well um, if genetic testing has been done. It isn't typically done, at least at this point, um, for patients that maybe have never tried an SSRI. 
Um, but I think it is going to get uh, more common as we uh, go on there, certainly. All right, so thinking about that dosing, we need to think about uh, adverse effects. So if we get aggressive with the dosing, the side effect you're most likely to see, or at least the one I've seen most often in clinical practice, is nausea and maybe more specifically diarrhea. So sertraline has been uh, nicknamed squirtraline because it definitely causes uh, diarrhea more frequently uh, than some of the other SSRIs. So that is definitely one big differentiating factor with sertraline uh, compared to some of those other agents within the, the class there. Uh, nausea I mentioned as well. It's important to note that patients may become tolerant. They, they may um, kind of get through the initial period and it may be okay for them to continue that. Obviously, you're going to have to look at that patient clinically. How severe is the nausea? How severe is the diarrhea? Um, and what are we going to do about it? Do we just back off on the dose for a period of time? So maybe you started at 50 milligrams and they're having problems. Can we just back off on that dose? Um, you know, if you started at low dose, maybe we can go to every other day for a period of time and then, you know, ramp it back up again and, and it might be okay that way. So you're going to have to work with patients there. Um, obviously, we can switch potentially to another SSRI as well uh, that may have a lower incidence of those uh, GI adverse effects. So uh, important to uh, think about that, work with patients clinically, um, assess if they have had any benefit, which I'll talk about in a little bit here as far as how long that generally takes. Um, but yeah, important to, to work with, with patients on that and assess the uh, severity of symptoms versus the, the risk of, of continuing there. Of course, all uh, SSRIs have that box warning on suicidality risks, suicidal thoughts. Uh, important to remember that, monitor patients closely, certainly as we're starting and, and increasing doses. Uh, CNS changes can happen, fatigue, insomnia, uh, dizziness, dry mouth. Um, I, I would say it's not uh, incredibly common. And as far as, you know, you think about fatigue versus insomnia, uh, I have seen both happen. Um, so definitely, you know, just, just pay attention to what the patient's reporting and uh, checking in on them and, and monitoring them is, is certainly important. Sexual dysfunction, uh, significant problem with SSRIs in general. Uh, sertraline is no different there. So that's something that's uh, sometimes forgotten about and not asked about by healthcare professionals. And it might be something that patients may be sensitive about reporting as well. So uh, keep that in mind. Important to, to ask and assess for that as well. Uh, serotonin syndrome. I'll talk a little bit more about that with you know drug interactions and, and some um, medications that may add to that. Uh, tremor, I have seen on occasion. I would say it's not real common. And again, for most of these adverse effects, it's going to be uh, dose dependent. So as you get up to you know, 150 milligrams, 200 milligrams, um, those adverse effects, those unique adverse effects uh, may come more into play. Uh, QTC prolongation risk. It's not crazy high um, on my radar. It has been reported in the literature. Um, certainly, 
uh, citalopram is probably going to have much higher risk as far as the SSRIs go um, in relation to, to QT prolongation compared to something like sertraline. Uh, weight gain uh, is possible. Um, sertraline, again, kind of middle of the road there uh, as far as the, the likelihood of causing it. Um, paroxetine I would generally consider on the high end. Uh, fluoxetine would be on the low end of, of that weight gain problem. And sertraline uh, lies probably somewhere in the, the middle there. Uh, kinetics. Uh, sertraline does have probably a, a shorter to moderate half-life, um, about a day or 24 or 26 hours, I think, is, is reported in the, the literature there. So what this means is, at least what I think about is um, patients who miss a few doses um, may have a higher likelihood of having um, discontinuation syndrome symptoms. And I, I believe I covered that um, on a previous podcast. But again, the, the shorter the half-life, um, the more likely, if we miss a few doses, that we're going to experience um, uh, that discontinuation syndrome. So sertraline, uh, I believe, is kind of in the middle of the road as far as that half-life goes. Um, fluoxetine is, is up on the high end there, um, where it's uh, got a long half-life of uh, several days, uh, maybe even up to a week uh, in patients who are uh, chronically uh, on that medication. Uh, with onset of action, very, very important to remind patients that antidepressants take a while to work, and sertraline is no different there. Um, we've got to anticipate that we're probably going to be um, weeks before we get uh, some sort of benefit going with that medication. Uh, that's uh, a big downside because we may experience adverse effects uh, immediately within the first few days of starting that medication. So it uh, can be a challenge uh, to navigate that, but it's important uh, to remind patients of that, that it's not an immediate uh, cure-all fix for depression. All right, so let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and then we will finish up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, BCGP, BCMTMS, or the BCACP exam, uh, definitely go check out meded101.com store. Uh, if you're a pharmacy student, we have NAPLEX study materials available as well, and you can find links there at meded101.com store as well. Uh, if you're a healthcare professional um, looking for uh, good information uh, surrounding medications, whether it be uh, drug interactions, clinical case studies, uh, I've got a lot of Amazon books and Audible books as well. And uh, Audible still has their offer available where you can go um, get your first Audible book for free. So I've got a you know, 10-hour book on uh, drug interactions. You can get that absolutely for free if you've never listened uh, to a book on Audible. And again, all those links at meded101.com slash store. All right, so finishing up on drug interactions. Uh, in general, I would say sertraline's probably got less potential for drug interactions through the SIP pathways compared to other agents like uh, fluoxetine or peroxetine. Um, so that's a good thing, certainly. Uh, I 
As far as drug interactions go, I most often think about uh, serotonin syndrome, of course, uh, so linazolid, um, other SSRIs, SNRIs, cyclobenzaprine, tramadol, MAOIs, TCAs, uh, triptans. All these medications potentially have additive serotonin type effects. So serotonin syndrome, while extremely rare, is extremely serious. So as we add more agents that have serotonergic activity, uh, that risk can go up there. Um, bleed risk is a, a little bit more of a, of a controversial one. Um, indeed, patients on anticoagulants, antiplatelet medications may be at higher risk for having additive um, bleeding type effects. And if you remember mechanistically, um, serotonin reuptake into platelets uh, is a step in platelet activation. So if we block that, we, uh, in theory, could potentially um, block platelet aggregation, which could increase uh, the risk of bleeding. Again, probably not something that's real high on my radar. In a patient on sertraline, 25 milligrams, and they're taking baby aspirin. Um, but, you know, patients on higher doses... Um, maybe on you know more and more blood thinners, you've got that patient that's on um, aspirin, Plavix, and an anticoagulant, for example. Uh, it might be something more significant uh, to think about there, particularly if we're seeing uh, anemia, bleeding, bruising. Um, it may certainly be something to to think about and monitor there, weighing that risk of you know, their depression, their anxiety coming back if we, you know, reduce doses or change agents or something like that. So really a, a clinical judgment uh, thing in that situation. But again, not crazy um, high on my priority list as long as the patient's not bleeding and we don't have, um, you know, many issues with, with uh, bruising or anemia, low hemoglobin and, and that type of thing. Uh, alcohol, I did want to mention because that, that often gets asked um, with regards to antidepressants in general. There's potential that, you know, CNS changes, uh, you know, like confusion and things like that could be worsened um, when using uh, antidepressants like SSRIs in combination with alcohol. So, um, in general, we don't uh, encourage binge drinking, uh, for example, but certainly uh, the more alcohol you take, the more likely we're probably going to have, you know, central nervous system impairment and that type of thing um, when these drugs are used together. So that really needs to be looked at kind of on a case-by-case -case basis and uh, certainly uh, making patients aware that it could potentially uh, exacerbate the effects from alcohol when we're taking an SSRI with that. QTC prolongation risk, I wanted to mention, it has been reported. Uh, I don't worry about it quite as much with sertraline as I do uh, with a drug like citalopram, but uh, you will see um, case reports out there, and oftentimes it's patients with other risk factors for uh, QT prolongation. So um, I think that's going to uh, wrap it up for today. 
Uh, and thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, uh, leave a rating on, and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That's greatly appreciated. Also, check out reallifepharmacology.com. Go snag that free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, great little study resource uh, for you if, if you're going through pharmacology classes um, or if you just want a refresher once you get out uh, into clinical practice. So uh, go check that out. You can track me down, uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com or LinkedIn is probably the, the best way to uh, track me down there as well. So Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. All right, I'm going to sign off for today. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.